All right, what is going on, guys? It is time for another episode of the Chasing Waypoints podcast. And we're back. You guys heard it last week. We spoke with Andy Kirker talking a little bit about the Baja 1000 and what is going on. This week, we're going to head back to the rally side of it. And the alert's coming in right now. We're going to be talking to none other than, well, you read the title. You know, we are on the on the phone? No, we're going to go old school. We're going to send him a link. We're going to be in the bivouac with none other than Dave Black. David Black. Talking a little bit about his uh, his adventures. So for those of you who don't know, Lyndon Poskett does a school rally simulation type deal. And Mr. Black, Couch to Dakar, just got back from doing that. And there's a new bike in the stable. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that on today's episode. How's everybody doing? Huh? We out? Are we out having fun? Are we having fun yet? Is that the? I don't know what movie that's from. Okay, I better I better cool it on that. Or next thing I know, I'm going to be asked for royalties. But lots going on. We are winding down the year, and we have got a lot coming up, man. Seriously, rally raid season is upon us. Dakar rally coming in hot, and then after that, it's going to be the Coast Coast rally. Got some rally schools coming up as well. A little bit of everything. All right, let's find out why the app is not loading. Unplug the phone here. Uh-oh. Did we do an update? Did something happen? See, that's the problem with technology nowadays, guys. I don't, you know, I don't get it. It was working fine last week. I was looking at analytics, looking at everything, and now all of a sudden, uh, it doesn't want to, uh, it doesn't want to work. Well, this isn't good. Okay. Anyway. Oh, man. I got to get in the garage. I got a bunch of cleaning to do. Did a round trip with none other than uh, to go visit Mr. Uh, David Pearson a few weeks back. And basically, it's like a tornado took over the garage. And yeah, didn't make it happen. That was a that was an interesting one for sure. Well, let's message him here. Oh, I think it's I. Uh, I think it's the whole phone. Oh, we're we're gonna have to go back with the. Well, did you try and uh, did you power it off and on? Well, let's try that first. See what is happening. So yeah, a lot going on. Trying to figure it out. We've got some rally stuff coming up. Rally schools. You got the two dates now. I don't know if you guys saw that. The rally school going on in Delta, Colorado, put on by School of Moto. Donnie Reddington joining forces with Willem Avenant Racing to do a rally school. Turn down the party down a little bit. They're going to be doing that party up there, doing some rally stuff. I saw some of the uh, updates on their social media. If you don't follow rally school or School of Moto, I should say School of Moto, uh, you need to be following them to get some of the updates and what they are doing. They actually sold out, sold out the first rally school and opened up another date right thereafter. I believe it's right the weekend, right, right after the rally school that they had originally planned. So very interested to see how the attendance goes for that one. I'm not 100% sure I will be able to make it, but we'll see. Uh, it's just, man, this I'm telling you, this nine to five life is just, uh, you know, well, I guess what else, what else can we do, right? We just got to work. 
Got to make it happen. All right. There we go. Now I like this. Now it's kind of trying to load. Is it going to load? It may not load. Anyway, so a lot going on. So I'm curious. Have you guys uh, have you guys tried the steg pegs yet on your bike? Uh, that is something that I'm hoping to get the garage cleaned up and uh, get those on the bike. Uh, rider aid, something for how should we say something to help make it a little easier to ride the bike. Uh, the idea behind them to hold the boot in place or help hold the back of the boot in place. We're seeing it a lot on the Dakar bikes, different variations thereof. If you're following uh, Kove Moto um, US, you would have seen the pro bike that is going to the 2024 Dakar. And on the rear tanks, you can see that rubber kind of uh, scoop that they put on there. That's also the same kind of the same deal. The Husqvarna, the, oh, the I should say the Austrian rally bikes uh, are also sporting something similar to that. So it is, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing it's something, um, it's got to be something important if people are, uh, if they're put, starting to put them on some of these factory bikes, I think that's a big, uh, I think that's a big indicator of where things are, uh, where things are going with that. I mean, it's, if it helps you hold onto the bike, is it a crutch? Is it, uh, for poor form? Is it, you know, not, uh, is it masking something else? I think that's the, the big part. You know, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think that the big, the big part about it is, is that if you can ride the bike, uh, in a fast manner or in a more confident manner, and it's helping you hold onto the bike and it's just making you making it a little bit easier for you to ride the long distances, then I think we have a winner. So I'm guessing, uh, let's see here. We'll paste this. We're going to go over here. We've sent him the link. I'm going to keep an eye on my phone to see when he logs in. And we're going to be talking to David Black of Couch to Dakar. I'm not sure if you guys are following him or not, but if you aren't, you should be. He's uh, He's been on his journey. I know he's been ramping up his training and doing that stuff as well. So I, you know, I'm curious. I think uh, I think 2025 is going to be the uh, is going to be the year. So we'll see what uh, what he has to say and what he's preparing for, what the new goals are. Uh, with them and especially now with the rally bike i mean that's that was pretty cool i'm i'm really curious to hear about how uh things went down at the rally school or the rally simulation with linden uh in and what you know may he, he have learned i mean that's on those bikes are all rally factory replica bikes uh so you know it's obviously it's a great experience um you know we'll talk a little bit more about how many days it was i believe he did the spanish version or the spain the one in spain so it will be good here. We'll give him just a few minutes to get uh, to get settled in. I think he just popped on. David? Hey, Victor. How you doing? Good. How are you, okay. sir? Good. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> it's, only, it's only been two years now, I think. Right? Isn't that crazy how fast that's gone? It's insane. Yeah. So how are, are you doing? Are you... I'm... I'm, I've, I'm <laughs> your training yeah, I, has been I, I, stepping up dude <laughs> well yeah i mean i'm I'm. i'll tell you what it it it, it was interesting because um i mean I, just in the big picture um when i started this and i think when we last talked you know the idea of dakar in the abstract was you know this thing that you could easily engineer into some sort of a plan and and move towards it um but what i didn't expect was that really if it's like a mountaintop you're kind of going towards it you start to discover that it's actually way further away 
than you ever imagined. As you get closer, you start to realize that not only is it further away, but you're kind of cresting over the curvature of the earth and seeing how large it is. And so that's, uh, you know, it was kind of a wake up call for me at uh, Sonora Rally um, that, uh, you know, after one of the, you know, hardest days there, uh, you know, with long liaisons, I think I was talking to some folks who said, you know, really at Dakar, just take this day, double the special and double the liaison. And that's your average day at Dakar. And, uh, you know, and, and, and so, so, so since then, it's, it's been all about, you know, how do I um, reframe this goal into something that doesn't just overwhelm me? And I think that's been, uh, that's been kind of my takeaway since our last time talking. I mean, you know, this started out as playing a video game and tried to put it into practice. But, boy, it's actually uh, Dakar itself is such a big, big goal that it's, uh, it'd be much easier to say, you know, from couch to Everest, couch to Ironman, any of those would be fine. But, but the level of skill you have to have if you're not a uh, – uh, if, if you weren't raised racing motorcycles to, uh, to, to get to the level of speed that you would need to be able to make it through a stage at Dakar is, is, is something else. And, and that's something that, you know, I'm kind of now moving this towards let's call it a North Star that sits out there. But um, I'm still training for rally, still trying to get as fast as I can. Um, my focus is going to be to start doing Enduros. Um, and that's, that's kind of where I'm at at this point, you know, getting the fitness really dialed in. Um, and, uh, that's cause that's one of the things I can't control. So that's, that's kind of the quick update in three minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I was going to say, I mean, that's something that, I mean, outside looking in, right. I've noticed that, um, the goal, your focus on the health side of it, um, has, has stepped up. I remember when we had first talked about, you know, there was going to the doctor and getting just like, okay, is this even feasible? you know, what, what are the things that I need to work on and that kind of thing. And so it sounds like you're, you're starting to dial it in even closer to that. Now it's taken more of a front seat. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it, it, it was funny cause I think right before Sonora, you know, I, I, I broke my wrist right before Sonora eight weeks beforehand. And, you know, I was talking with uh, happy Dave and he said, you know, get your, get your fitness, um, dialed in because that's the one thing that you do have control over. Um, and at that time, I couldn't even, you know, pull on a, uh, you know, on a rower if I wanted to. So it was really difficult at that time to kind of get that part of it going. Um, and, and also before Sonora, I'd spent the entire year really working solely on trying to get a little bit better and faster on the bike. Um, but, you know, in, in, without really considering, you know, my my fitness and, and weight and everything else. And, you know, because it's like you, you go to you go to you show up at a hair scramble. And I mean, you find yourself, you know, lining up next to guys who are, you know, twice, twice as big as you, they're older, they're smoking and they smoke your butt. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> how is it that these guys do this? And, uh, you know, and I, and I'm trying to do everything right. And, uh, you know, but these guys grew up riding and that's, that's the one thing that I have to kind of keep reminding myself is that, you know, I literally just started riding a dirt bike two and a half years ago and. And that's been the uh, that's been the the, the the hard wake up call that's kind of permeated all of uh, the training I'm doing and all the events that I've participated in is that I need to get that speed up and uh, get some confidence and some other things. So that's where I'm at today. Nice. Well, and, it, you know, like that's a that's a very valid point, too. You, I've seen it in a lot of places in, in writing, like even here in Southern California, writing with Gnarly Dave, somebody that's got a lot of writing experience or that's been writing many years. It's like the speed is just so natural to them. And, and for us, it's kind of like, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. my, my eyes are having trouble keeping up at this speed. You know, this feels yeah. way faster than it should. 
Yeah, they don't even they don't even have to think about it. I mean, they're not thinking about writing. They're just simply writing. Hey, guys, what's going on? This is Victor with the Chasing Waypoints podcast. Hey, super quick. We have got some news for you guys. So Mira Activewear, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the brand. You should be. You've seen their handiwork if you've seen pictures of Happy Dave and a few of our other writers here in the States. But also in the Dakar rally, a lot of the top pros wearing their windbreakers, custom made uh, rally suits and things like that. They have been phenomenal. They are a very, very high quality product. Awesome printing, design team, everything. But the reason we're interrupting this episode is they have got a fundraiser and promotional raffle going on right now between now and February. You want to get on over there. So you can purchase a limited edition Mira bandana set. So three special designs that will get you entered into the contest for a grand prize of a full rally suit. So check out all the rules and limitations, all that fun, you know, all that jargon. Get on over to the website. Link is in the description and let's get back to the episode. Okay, so I know that you, I, I saw it. I, we definitely got to talk about this because you're the first one, I think, in the American rally group of people to go out to Spain uh, to Linden's uh, event. I, I'm calling it a school, but I don't know that it necessarily is a school. Tell, tell me about that experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, actually, they're, they're, uh, West Carr has actually taken some of the trainings and, and, and with, with Lyndon. But so, so I think of the Americans who've been out there, maybe him. I don't know anyone else uh, from the U.S. who's been out there. But um, it was – it's a – it's it's on one hand it's an event on the other hand it is training it's heavy duty training because the the number of notes that they pack into uh, a given stage is like almost I mean I think they said something like they have twenty thousand notes for two thousand kilometers I mean so you're talking an average of ten notes per kilometer but it's um and, and I mean and I and I'd be honest whenever you got to a note that was more than a, a one kilometer it was just this wave of happiness goes over you that you get to just ride this thing and but i mean i found myself a lot of times you know scrolling ahead looking at you know okay this is just a caution note caution note caution note and i could get down and i could find myself you know finding maybe four kilometers or something where i'm just okay i just gotta ride this thing uh ride it like i stole it um but i mean as far as training goes i mean it's fantastic training it teaches you to read some of those compound notes that they're doing in dakar it teaches you to um really pay attention to what's in the book. Um, it's uh, quite frenetic in terms of that, but it just trains your brain to pick the stuff up a lot quicker than you're used to looking at it. Um, so, you know, we're, we're Sonora. I mean, you know, we, we had a lot of space in between each notes. Uh, and, and, but with Lyndon, it was very, very quick and frenetic, which really does really train your brain to, 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 to navigate. Um, one of the things that, you know, back to my writing in, in something that Lyndon noticed, he said, you know, you're, you're having to think about how you're writing. You know, these other guys who are here, they're not thinking about writing. They're just writing and they're just navigating. So it was, it was a little bit of a double the effort for me. Um, and you know, my speed, you know, did become a factor. Um, the, Lyndon does do one stage that is, they call it their mega stage. And, um, and he went out and he actually wrote it at a full race pace, uh, and it took him 10 hours to finish this stage. Um, and, uh, you know, three of us, you know, actually we were joined with HT Rally Raid and some of their guys. And uh, they were getting ready to go to uh, Rally de Maroc. And uh, so, like, literally three of their guys actually 
and myself, we, we stopped halfway through the stage because it ended right where we were staying. And so, um, that was sort of a legitimate bailout point for everybody. But, um, but I mean, the other guys who tried to chase it down Linden, I mean, they were coming in two hours after him. So it was a legit big stage and, and that's kind of a, um, uh, you know, for me, it was, it's, it's, it's a, it's a performance criteria that says, you know, Hey, I need to keep training. I need to get a little faster. Um, there were certain types of terrain that I really struggle with. Um, and there's some certain writing techniques that I took away from that training where I need to come back and just kind of keep working on them. And, 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 you know, one is sort of the deep P gravels, you know, loose sand types of things where it's tight turns, not necessarily, I can flow through that stuff. Okay. But when it comes to like the really tight washes, really narrow ones, I have a lot of struggles in those and I have to trials my way through that. And, uh, you know, all the other guys are saying, well, you just, you know, twist the throttle and just, you know, you know, mash the brake into the turn and, you know, pop out. And, and I'm just like, uh, yeah, I need to learn this. Um, and then the other is the gravel roads, the, the, the winding gravel roads like we have here in Georgia. I mean, just, you know, if I get a lot of seat time on that, I think I'll start to pick up my speed on that. But it does also have to do with go ahead and let the, let the, the rear walk out a little more and start to be more comfortable with that. So, um, you know, and, and, and again, that's using my rear brake more, which I, I'm a tall guy and it's sometimes hard for me to cover it. So, um, I've always just kind of deferred to my front, but I think I can actually get a little bit more smoother, um, and feel a little more in control by settling the suspension into a turn with my rear. So that's just kind of my takeaway from that week. It was, it was, it was fantastic. It's really, really tough training. It's, uh, the stages are very long. I think almost every day we were out there over 10 hours. Um, I mean, some of the terrain they put us through. Uh, was I would qualify would qualify as hard enduro. Um, there was a, a river wash that was basically um, you know you're you're going down dry waterfalls um, on those big rally replicas, and it was I mean it was it was awesome. It was so much fun, uh, but it was legit training on very tough terrain. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean that was uh, I saw one of the the notes and one of the pictures that you shared, and I'm like, well, well, wait a minute, <laughs> this is the wrong bike for this. You know, I, I, and that, 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, and that was, that was, you know, when, when I'm going down this wash and I'm like, are they serious? Am I, I thought I might've been in the wrong place. And, and I'll be honest, there was one day that, that three of us, we all followed each other's tracks down into, into some single track, you know, hardcore single track enduro. I came around the corner and there's Lyndon with one of the other riders trying to help him get his bike turned around to get out of there. And as I came around the corner, he's kind of a little short with me. It was like, you know, follow the road book and i was like well i did follow the road book and then i was like well i also questioned myself when i saw tracks but um but i mean the the stuff we were able to do with the rally replica was just absolutely insane i mean it was it, it's such a balanced bike and i just and, and, and as a matter of fact going through that section i was happier on that bike than i would have been on let's say my 300 xc because it, it, it's carrying a lot more weight the the slacked out angle of the of the of the front forks um I felt like, you know, it kind of pushes down, you know, through that stuff a little bit better. Uh, and, and you just kind of ride the bike rather than the bike riding you. So it was it was really cool. I was so impressed with that bike. Now, I mean, if you get out of balance on that, you're going to have a bad time. But, um, you know, I, I the whole time I was there, I'm like, you know, don't break the bike, don't break the bike. And I kept it up the entire time, which was one of my goals. But nice. some might say that I wasn't riding hard enough, <laughs> you know, if I if I didn't fall once. But. Yeah, you but know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to have to pull my credit card out at the end. And uh, he has a credit card machine that he brings with him, by the way, for uh, if you do too much damage to the bike. But uh, fortunately, no one in our entire group did, and we had some people had some serious wrecks. 
Wow. I mean, everyone wrecked. Uh, we had two of the guys actually into the hospital. So uh, one of them broke his, broke his ribs. The other one uh, broke his shoulder or, or damaged, I think, ligaments in his shoulder. But uh, yeah, but the bikes actually fared pretty well. Nice. Yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah. Anytime you look at the, the tower prices, the windshield prices or the windscreen prices and stuff like that, I mean, they're pretty pricey. And it, but it sounds like, I mean, still the bikes are still built you know, really well. So it's not, you know, Lyndon said, he goes, he goes, these, these bikes crash well, but you know, it's the little things on them that cost so much. I mean, even the, 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 the kickstand, if you, if you stand up on it, it does the same thing that a 500, you know, FE five, you know, 500, 501 would do, which is the kickstand pops, you know, strips out and pops out that, uh, little spring bracket. Um, Mm -hmm. but on the rally replica, it's, significantly more expensive so yeah for the same part <laughs> exactly <laughs> well and i mean and that's yeah i guess it's uh it's interesting though to see like how those bikes work a rally replica versus when you're riding you know the the traditional 501 the 350 which is what you have and you know yeah going into it. it it's yeah it's significantly different um and and it, it was, I mean, such an eye opener, you know, when you strap on a rally tower plus a big, you know, a, a four and a half gallon tank to a FE 501, um, just the physics of that. And the fact that the, 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 just the head angles and other things and geometry of the bike, it, it, it's just not even in the same, it's not even the same league. Now the, the rally replica definitely is carrying a lot more weight. Um, but you know, it's so balanced. It's kind of like if you've ever ridden like the BMW GS, it, it, you hop on it and it, and it has that ballast. Um, and and what, the way I kind of describe riding that is that you have a little bit more uh, left and right range before it, things go bad. It kind of it sort of helps if when you're tired, for example, the balance of that bike is um, it's it's, you, it's it's a little more forgiving, I think, in, in terms of that left and right balance, just because the ballast. Um, but it's just, it's just really so purpose built for rally and for long days. And, uh, it, it just, if it has a level of refinement, that's just impossible to match with just an enduro bike with a bolt on a tower. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That the, what we would consider our, the rally light stuff here, you know, in the, in, in the U S exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, that's good. And, and how, uh, how long was that, uh, that total trip? So I, I went ahead and went out a day early so that I could recover from jet lag and everything and hung out at, you know, kind of in the beach in Spain. And then, uh, the next, it was on a, so for a Saturday, got a full Saturday of just kind of hanging out and, um, and then ended up, uh, Sunday morning, they picked me up. We, we drove out to uh where we were staying near guadix which is uh up in sort of a desert region of spain um we uh got ourselves together he did uh maybe about an hour and a half um presentation um you know about road books and just general instruction of rally uh there were some people who actually had not done rallies before Uh, i was actually one of i think maybe one of the only ones who had actually done one already but um then uh, afterwards, we suited up and we did a prologue stage. It was just a 20K roadbook. Mm-hmm. Um, really fun. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, the roadbook literally took us into, a, in, in, like, into some bush. The road dead ended in some bushes and went up into a farm. And I thought, well, okay, we got to follow it up onto the farm. Well, 
turned out, no, you had to actually ride through the bushes. And it was, it was hilarious. I've got some video of that that I'll post at some point, but, uh, it's, uh, you know, we did the prologue and then it was six days of full stages. Uh, the, the last day was a little bit cut short and a little bit easier and just more kind of take in the scenery. But, um, but all the other days were really tough. Um, they were nice, big, long, complicated stages that just cook your brain and your body. And I I'll say that by the second day, maybe, um, I, uh, I, I was really slow getting into one of the, the final uh, sections and uh, one of the, the crew was there and they actually you know said, hey, you know, you can keep going, but, you know, you've got probably you know, three more hours and you're going to be coming in at dark. If you want to, you know, do you want to, you know, risk how you're feeling tomorrow? Or do you want to go ahead and keep going? Well, I went ahead and, and cut that one short so that the next day I could actually do a full day and um you know, and, and, but I mean, in terms of the way they set this whole thing up, I mean, it was fantastic. I mean, pretty much every, you know, I'd say two or three hours, maybe, maybe every, uh, you know, hundred, hundred K of, of stage, uh, you'll come around a corner and there's the support truck with food, uh, extra water to fill you back up. Um, they had medical crews everywhere. Um, and, and every place that we were riding, was permitted for us to be able to do that, which put us into some places that you're no one else is allowed to go on a dirt bike. So nice. with that, it was, it was, it was it, I mean, it was fantastic. So from, from, from just that side of it, which is kind of what I thought it was before signing up. Um, when I saw him announce it a couple of years ago, that it would be just like an adventure ride on rally 450 replicas. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, you, you've got to be a pretty, pretty solid higher level rider. He even said that, you know, he wouldn't have, suggested that I come out until he saw that I'd actually finished Sonora. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it, that's an interesting thing of after doing the SoCal rally, it's, uh, you know, you think 200 kilometers, right? 120 miles doesn't sound like a, a lot for a lot of these guys. I mean, it's, it's basically warming up. And if you didn't have a road book in front of you and you're just kind of laxy daisy kind of riding around, you could click off those miles pretty quick, but it's once you put the road book in front, man, 200 kilometers starts to sound kind of daunting. And then <laughs> I can see why, especially if he's saying, you know, or what you're saying is that there's a really high note count per kilometer. Right. That's, yeah. And, I, and, I, and, 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 and to some extent, you know, I, I drove up with the guy who, who built that road book and, you know, he, he said, he, he, he said, you know, I, I did not put anything in that book that didn't need to be there. Uh, so they, it, it was just by virtue of the terrain uh, that we were on um, and, and some of the gnarliness of it. Uh, it's, you know, it's not open desert. It's not, you know, long, you know, 5, 10K stretches where you get to go wide open the entire time. Um, there were some spots where we could actually open it up. It was really fun. But, but for the most part, you're... You're either up in mountain roads, um, you're in, you know, sections that are very frenetic with lots of different, you know, options for turning. Um, and, uh, it, it, it was, it was, it was very good. It, that's all I can say is that, that, that it, it, it really trains your brain to, uh, read notes and, and process stuff kind of on the fly. And, um, and, and, and from that, I mean, it was fantastic, you know, it just, for me, I just wish I could have done did each day a little 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 bit faster and make it make it through those washes without <laughs> you know soiling myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean it's you know different country and like you said, you know, if you if you know that it's that it's gonna be pricey if you hit the deck, you know, you're gonna ride differently. But I mean, 
you know, I, I've heard it said elsewhere and, and it's not like, you know, KTM is using Linden's school or Linden's experience as a feeder program, you know, right. <laughs> they're, they're not right. calling riders that complete that saying, Hey, how about a contract? You know? So, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah and, and, yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, to, to, to the extent that, you know, um, when I look at, uh, you know, Sonora and, you know, the, the, my, my speeds there, you know, you, you, it's definitely something, you know, I want to measure against others to, to determine, you know, how far am I, how am I progressing? And, and, you know, with, with, with Linen or Sonora, you know, you have so much money, uh, invested in one of these things that you just, you're, if you, if you train, let's say at 85%, um, or 90% and you race, let's say an enduro at a hundred percent or you know, a little more, uh, rally I found, I mean, just maybe because I'm cheap or something, I just, I do not want to, you know, crash out and be out of it. Um, I've got so much invested. I want to, I want to finish. So, um, you know, in Sonora, I was like, man, I'm running at probably 65 to 70% just to survive. And, uh, I'm not going to take any risks at all. So, um, that's, uh, you know, I need to continue probably to rally with that mindset, but the speed needs to, you know, my, 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 my 65, 70%, you know, next year needs to be twice as fast as what it was, you know, last year. So, um, you know, that's, that's the thing where I, after, after Sonora, I was like, I need to kind of stop doing rally for a while and maybe just focus on things like Enduros, you know, you do 55 bucks and, you know, you slam into a tree or something, um, and knock yourself out for, you know, the rest of the race, you're down $55 and, and, mm-hmm. and that's not the end of the world. Um, you know, so, um, it, the kind of speed and aggressiveness that you'll take into like a one day race or a hair scramble or something, I think, uh, would pay off a little bit more for me just in terms of me trying to push my speed up, be a little bit more, uh, aggressive on the throttle. Yeah. Well, like you said, it's, it's a, it's a process, right? And as you start, I, you know, that was, it's kind of a hard thing, right? It's like, where, where is it? Is it, is it the brain processing what you're seeing and it thinking it's fast or is it the body saying, you know, the feeling and all the sensory input saying, okay, I, I, I can't keep up with this pace or I don't feel like I'm there. I, I think it's a definitely a mix. And, and, and I, and I love to think about, that part of this just kind of engineering brain you know to try to figure out what is there a way to hack this and you know people all say well it's just seat time and seat time and and i think i think on one hand your speed does start to pick up over time and you don't feel like it does and i've talked to a number of racers uh and i asked them i say you know there's actually a guy that i ride with he's former a level racer here in georgia woods racer and uh we rode with him this guy is so smoking fast he's 78 years old and I said to him, I said, I said, do you feel like you're going fast? Because, you know, when we watch you, you're flying through the woods. You're just zigzagging through those, you know, tight single track trees. I mean, all that. And, and he said, he goes, no, he goes, I actually feel like I'm going slow. So I think to your point, yeah, your brain starts to adapt to just the inputs in the sense, sensory part of it. But he, he also said, he said, yeah, he goes, but it's instinct when I'm turning. He said, it's just, I just know where to put the bike when I do that. And, and, and I actually rode last weekend, uh, out in South Carolina in the, um, uh, in some of the sand, the, the deep Sandy stuff, mm-hmm. um, and ended up, 
you know, same, same kind of thing. It was like, it, it, it was, I was just crawling through this stuff, but then over time I was like, wait, I'm actually now going a little bit faster. I'm starting to feel myself being able to get through this stuff as if it's just a regular trail. Yeah. Um, but I'm still super slow. And, and the guy I was riding with, it was, he was, you know, just, he was saying, you know, really need to be probably at a, he said that I'm probably at a, a, a mid to lower pack sea level rider if I was at a national enduro, mm-hmm. but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, that I would need to be, podium B level if I'm going to try to make it through a stage at Dakar without, you know, having it be completely horrible. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that that's the, the experience, right. And, and getting, what does it take, you know, seeing other lines, what people are doing and then kind of going from there, I guess, you know, obviously it's easier said than done. (laughs) (laughs) I, I just, I mean, my age, I mean, now I'm 55 and it's, it's really tough to, you know, to, uh, you know, hit the ground hard and, uh, and recover from that. I mean, Sonora, I went off, uh, into a witch's eye, um, on the third day where just a brief dune section. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, it's funny cause there's that really lovely shot of me kind of lofting off the dune that, uh, I think the Sonora folks put up on their Instagram. And then, <laughs> you know, 10 seconds later, I did the same thing off of witch's eye and cased it on the, you know, 10 feet down and, and absolutely destroyed my ankles. That's right. You, you, yeah. you, you, to hand me some of that arnica to help me out with that. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm still having trouble with the ankles today. So it's, uh, it's, it's, um, you, you know, I'm not healing like I did when I was younger. And so I, I, I am a little bit more cautious, which that holds back a little bit of the, um, you know, the attempt to try new things and get a feel for things that, um, you know, are necessary. And that comes back to the original premise of my whole effort was, you know, can you, can someone my age actually start almost as a novice and, and, and be able to you know, do Dakar? It's, it seems, you know, right now where I'm saying, it seems like it's a very, very almost nearly impossible goal. Um, it's still worth kind of having that as my North star, but um, you know, it, it's, it's definitely something to uh, consider. I mean, all the guys who are racing Dakar post 50 years old are guys who raced very high levels when they were much younger. And I think, you know, more, more than anything, it's like the, it was interesting. I was talking, I actually was talking to Andy Kirker yesterday and we were talking about a, uh, a 60 mile stretch of whoops and, you know, he's saying, or, or 15, 15 miles, it was a 15 mile stretch of whoops that he was talking about. And he goes, well, if you're doing 30, you know, you're just kind of trail riding it. That's a half hour to get through that. But if you're doing 60, you know, that's mile a minute. That's a, that's a 15 mile, that's a 15 minute ride, <laughs> you know? So it's like, yeah. I, you know, I'm thinking of like in what you're saying and, and I think what it is because it's just so many miles is, is you can't think you need all your brain power for navigating and you can't think about riding, but then that in itself makes it easier for you to ride a longer distance. Cause you don't even, you know, it's like, oh, I just rode a hundred miles, but you don't even notice it where, you know, I'm, at least for me, I'm at uh, SoCal Rally, and I'm doing sixty and eighty miles of this road book, and I'm like, man, uh, this has been a, this has been a long day already, guys. So how do you feel about, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. so it's you know that's that's a very interesting thing. You know, you think about like, well, yeah, these guys have been riding forever, but the terrain, the the rockiness, the like, I you know, the especially the enduro stuff. You know, going through yeah. woods and all that stuff. I can't imagine. Well, I imagine that that's got to be pretty taxing on the brain too. Because, man, talk about sensory overload. Yeah. What's hilarious is is that my girlfriend, she just started riding 
um, right after, you know, I really started training for all of this. And, and, and so it's, it's hilarious because I find myself when I came back, let's say from South Carolina, I, I told her, I, I just said, yeah, I said, my adrenaline was so high in the beginning. I kept having to take breaks, you know, and it was just crazy. My hands were shaking and I was, you know, cause we're talking really deep sugar sand, uh, in, in, in the woods. Like, so you had the added benefit of having trees that if you go squirrely in the, in the, in the sand, you're going to come off and you're going to whack a tree pretty good. And so I'm telling her this and she goes, wow, she goes, you described exactly how I feel every time I ride with you. So it, it's, it's funny that people at different levels will literally have the same, same types of reactions, um, you know, to this stuff. Um, I mean, for me, I, I think with the road book though, I, I actually find that, you know, the, it, it's nice for me to kind of, it breaks, it, 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 it clicks off the kilometers, you know, more evenly i guess when i'm reading a road book it's like all of a sudden i i, I look down I'm like oh wow i'm already at km you know 85 it's like whoa <laughs> yeah that that went by, that went by fast it's because you because of probably all the multitasking to me it, it it sort of takes my it's it's i'm not totally solely focused on writing i'm not solely focused on the road book and so just kind of that mixed thing it's kind of like i i mean i am kind of very add so it, it, it i think that's maybe why that works well but um it, it definitely rally is you know I, I just the, the speed part of it is the area where um, get you know where I don't have to think so much about the riding or just that that my just general speed is just up there just because I'm so comfortable on the bike and that's that's where I, that's that's my goal now and, and and I think after Sonora also I was like you know I need to stop drilling so much and just go ride with friends and get you know go with guys who are faster get behind them and get on their tails and just try to you know, hang with them as long as I can physically hang with them and, and use now the way I'm thinking is that the fitness component comes back into this, which is, um, you know, if I can, you know, do, let's say out of the 500 turns I may do on my track here, um, that if, if my fitness could only support me doing 10 of those perfectly, I want my fitness now to get to the point where I can do 50 of those perfectly. And yeah. that's kind of my thinking is that, that I can actually start to, to, to get faster by being more fit. It's mm-hmm. kind of before I thought it was the opposite before I thought if I'm really, really in bad shape, I would actually be a more efficient rider because I have to be, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't really working out that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And you know that it's an interesting point. It's where you, where is that? that balance right you know you you is it focus a hundred percent or you know where where does the bar slider go for fitness versus uh god talent is the wrong word but you know or skill set you know and and like you're saying it's like at what point do you decide like okay i'm i'm done doing cone drills I'm done doing you know cornering drills I'm done doing this stuff it's time to just just go ride, you know, it, yeah, it, it, yeah. when gnarly Dave hears this, he's going to call me right after <laughs> <laughs> and be like, I told you that you're the one that needs to go riding. But you know, I, <laughs> it's, it, it's finding that, that balance, I guess is like, yeah. Well, when yeah, do you decide? I think, you know? Yeah. I, I, and, and, and I think, you know, I think, you know, going out to South Carolina was exactly what I need to do. Sand is probably going to be the best teacher you can ever, ask for because it, it, it really forces you to get yourself into the right position. And if you don't, it, it, it punishes you. Um, and, and so my, my, my plan now is I think to try to get out to South Carolina a little bit more, um, and, and, and run these, uh, 
you know, loops and some of this deep sand. Um, and it's, uh, you know, I, I, that that will be probably one of the best things I can do, and especially if I'm riding with other people who are faster and they've you know they've they've been riding that stuff for years, and they, they 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 to them it's just a trail ride, and you know, but for me it's it's absolutely terrifying, you know, um, just trying to get my uh, you know going into like this you know rutted out sandy turn, um, you know, every time I get in I get towards it I, I get into my head a little bit like you know what what's my bike going to do when I, you know, go into this, how far back do I need to be? How, you know, how, how much, you know, lean do I need to put into the bike? And again, I, I, I tell this to Michelle and she's like laughing at me. She's like, you're doing exactly what scares me when I'm just on regular mountain roads. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. so, so it, it, it's, it's all relative. And it's one of those things where I think as you know, you repeti- through repetition, you know, let's say 20, 30 times around the, these tracks, I think it'll eventually get to the point where, I, I can turn my brain off to a lot of stuff. And, and that's happened with a lot of the writing I've done. It's, it's like, I can turn it off, you know, when I'm in the Rudy single track that I ride here. Um, you know, if I come around a corner and there's sort of an off camber, weird route sticking out or something, I kind of know what the bike's going to do when I hit that thing. So I, I immediately kind of maybe shift my weight just in a funny way, just intuitively. And I think that's, you know, again, the, the, the seat time argument, but I, you know, I, I get a little bit, taken aback when people say it's all seat time because i think there's more intentional seat time that you can do that will progress you further uh and there's also what you do during that seat time if you're kind of always thinking about you know how did that feel what am i trying to do and 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 i think there's something to be said for very intentional practice Mm -hmm. but at the same time i also want to just keep having fun but for me a lot of my fun comes from getting better at something so it all kind of plays into itself. Yeah. Well, and it, that's, you know, it, it's definitely an interesting, you know, the, the argument, right. Or not the argument, but that, that balance, finding the balance and then just finally deciding it, you know, that's very, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I think about it. It's like, man, how, well, who do you listen to? Right. You know, you got, you, you, who do you admire? Yeah. You know, you see their ability and they're telling yeah. you one thing and then you see somebody else that you admire their ability and what they're able to do. And you're like, well, <laughs> maybe I need to be well, more like that guy. You know? <laughs> so. Well, like I, I do know that like if I, if I went out to the desert, you know, and, and there's these, you know, where you have maybe, you know, let's say 4k of straightaway, and then you get these, you know, nice progressive turns, um, you know, that you can rail at 40 miles an hour, you know, you start to think, well, gee, you know, can I do this at, you know, 60 miles an hour and, and, you know, and, and, and just kind of, you know, flat track my way, you know, sliding through those things. And, and those speeds are, are, you know, those, those have consequences. And then my, my wrist, you know, the, the hardware in my wrist now is, is a, is a consequence of, of, feeling like I was a little more, you know, that I was, I went a little too fast on a gravel road and, and found myself, you know, having some a bad time. So the, the, the thing I'm starting to feel like is, you know, I think, you know, sand and places where you have a lot of, where you get to have a lot of turns, you know, turns are where your speed's going to be made up. And, and if I can really perfect the feel for the bike in smaller, um, slower, environments i feel like that'll translate to having a feel for the bike maybe at higher speeds but I, again i may be i may be completely wrong about that where um you know the guys who are riding at the higher level are saying well no you're gonna have to go out there and you're gonna have to train at the the, the faster speeds on those gravel you know those gravel roads and stuff so 
I don't know. It's, 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 uh, uh, but I, uh, but in general, I do feel like there is something about, you know, really learning to, to feel the bike and, and definitely the slippier, tighter scenarios are going to make you feel it a lot better. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get, get more comfortable with how much the bike will slide out, what it will, where that point of track to me, to me, the thing is, is the, the traction. Okay. Yeah. Where, you know, in, in, a in, uh, back in the, in the days when I had, uh, when I had my mini, I had a, uh, first, first gen mini, the, uh, the new, the BMW version. And then I later on got the, the S, but it was always the same thing. Roll the windows down a little bit. Now go into the corners, no music. You can hear the tires. You can hear it. The car is going to tell you when, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm at my edge. Yeah. You, you don't get that on a dirt bike. <laughs> you, you, you don't you know? and, 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 so, and, and, and some tires are worse than others when it comes to that as well the uh the golden tire 333 that a lot of us run for you know rally mm-hmm. um i found just has a very um definitive braking point um where other tires will start to roll out and you'll start to feel them start to to to, to walk out just a little bit Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and the funny thing I'm finding too, is that it's, it's, there's the sort of, you know, in my mind, I'm like, well, I kind of want to intentionally walk it out and start to, you know, and then there's times where I'm kind of going around these curves and I'm just like, oh, wow, I just walked it out a whole lot. Um, and you know, I'm kind of like, well, the guys who are really doing that, who I'm behind and watching them do this, are they actually thinking that they're wanting to walk it out or are they just riding really well? And it just happens to be that that's what happens. And I think it's a byproduct more than a, than an intention a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, and, and again, it just comes from, from a lot of time in, on, on the bike, but the, my, my golden tires were not very friendly to learning that just because they break very unpredictably. Um, yeah. and, uh, and, and, and now I'm running, um, so I think it's a Dunlop 606 is on my, uh, enduro bike and, uh, and they're fine. Um, but, but they, they definitely a little more predictable. Um, uh, the rally replica I used in Spain had the, uh, Michelin desert race Baja. And, um, and I was talking with Lennon about it and he said, these actually have a very good feel, uh, for that and, and 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 i could feel it on that bike as well and he said but the regular desert races because they're they're a little bit less predictable i think a little maybe harder carcass or something mm-hmm. yeah they'll, they'll have that tendency to break free um in not as a linear as linear as the the rate the baja version would yeah yeah which is interesting. I've, I, you know, we've heard back and forth. We've heard some different stuff on those tires that that specific version for the rear that uh, they they won't hold up at the Dakar because of the mileage and because of the heat and and all right. that. Right. And I was so. mandated to not go above, uh, I think, ninety kilometers an hour uh, on my liaisons back to the to the villa. Okay. So, uh, with those tires. Yeah. And, uh, and, so, and they, 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 they stayed together the whole time. So yeah. it was good. So, well then that, that brings us to the, cause I'm, I'm, I think we may be the same. It's like, if, if there's a little thing that I can change or do differently that, you know, maybe I won't notice it, but it's supposed to be, I don't notice the 1%, but if I got a bunch of 1% improvements, that's 10% better than where I started. <laughs> so right. what do you, so knowing this and what, what tire combination are you leaning towards now? You mentioned the six Oh six. Is that kind of home for you or are you looking for something else? 
No, it, that was just a byproduct of the fact that my bike came with Continental TKC 80s um, that I took off immediately, and uh, and it, they were under recall, and so we got free tires mm-hmm. um, in my shop. They were like, well, you know, we could order some, you know, maybe the Anakees or something, and I was just like, yeah, I'll just take you whatever you have. <laughs> they had the 606, and I mean, it's not just you know, an untrusted opinion. I mean, Bobby, Bobby Woldridge with Woolies, uh, he's very much, um, you know, he, he, the, the kind of riding we do here and I trust him to make a good suggestion. And so we, I, I went with the 606s and, um, and, and they, they've been, they've been, they've been fine. They've been good. Um, you know, it's, it's, I'm not, I'm not really trying to, I'm not riding at a level that really, I think, um, makes too much difference. Uh, but, but the, the, the difference though, in that, in that ability to kind of have some more feel, I think is actually really good though. If you're, if you're trying to improve your skills, you do want to, you don't want to have unpredictable breaks when you're trying to learn. So yeah. I think having some that, that, that walks out a little bit more predictably is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, I mean, yeah. Cause you're trying to find the limit of the bike. I mean, to me, that's the biggest thing is like when you get into the corners, you know, I was listening to, to Andy Kirker, we were talking about, you know, riding in sand washes. Cause you know, San Felipe, uh, has a lot of sand wash, coarse sand, some sugar sand. Uh, and, and he's talking about riding just outside of the groove. I'm like, wait, that's where it's all loose. Like, how do you even, <laughs> in my mind, I'm thinking like, wait, you're just going to be squirrely the whole time. But you know, it, it's that, he knows the ability of the tire and, and has spent years and years and years on a dirt bike. So for him, you know, like you're saying, you know, kind of mentioned right. earlier, is it, it, that's a question he may not know how to answer because he doesn't think about it anymore. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so. and, 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 you know, and, and Jimmy Lewis is a huge fan of, of the Kenda. Um, I can't remember which one it is, but he, but he loves that one because it, it breaks really well and he's the way he likes to do his turns is he break he goes in really hot breaks super hard and then just kind of crawls through his turns and that's his strategy you know and that's that's probably the safest way to do it and i try to you know that's how i should probably a little bit more what i should emulate but um you know everybody's got i think their thing that they're going to lean towards in terms of their their tires and what they what they grow up with Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i've seen yeah i think it's i don't know if it's the parker I know he uses the big blocks the on the Parker adventure D- bike. It's the, it's the, yeah, it's the Parker DT is what okay. he uses for his. Yeah, yeah for yeah. The, the rear. And then I don't know. I forget which one they're running in. The, it's like the Washougal or something like that mm-hmm. for, the, uh, for the front. So then the other question that I had based on all this, because it almost seems like they went hand in hand. There's a new bike in the garage. <laughs> there is a new bike in the garage. It's not Husqvarna. <laughs> so, um, so, so without alluding to too much of, of what, what, what happened there, there was some exposure to, uh, to the Cove, um, while I was in Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the, uh, the collective opinion of that bike was it's a legit rally bike. Mm-hmm. And, um, and after seeing what a huge difference it is to be on a, a proper rally bike versus just a, a modified Enduro, um, I, I immediately on the flight home was sending out messages. How do I get one of these things? Um, and, uh, and I was lucky enough to find one of the last pros in the country. Um, and, uh, and, and, and it was, uh, through industry, industry 13 out of South Carolina, Roman, uh, Kilgore. Um, mm-hmm. and he's got a really, really good shop and he's really going all in with Kobe, probably the biggest distributor or dealer out in this part of the country anyway. Um, and just awesome, awesome guy to work with. But, uh, Anyway, so uh, I went out to South Carolina and picked up the new Kove, and 
I mean, out of the box, it's incredible. I mean, it's got the ERTF mount on it. It's ready. It's literally ready to go to Dakar. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it, it was, um, I mean, I can, I can, I, I have a pretty clear opinion on, on the differences between it and the rally replica. Um, and, um, but I mean, I'll just say that, that, that having a proper rally bike is great. Um, I mean, I, I wasn't expecting to have it be as loud as it is. And, you know, Sunday mornings up in these little mountain homesteads, I feel kind of <laughs> a little guilty, but, uh, but I put it through its paces already. And I actually rode through things like these same types of stuff that we took that rally replica through. And, and there's, there's, I have a pretty good basis of, of, of comparison. I mean, I, you know, again, I took it down some harder enduro, you know, dry waterfalls and stuff like that. And it's, it's, um, it's, 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 it's a really good bike. It, it's not as refined, I would say, as the rally replica, but it could also be something to do with the fact that Lennon had set that bike up perfectly for me. And it's, it's a, it's a Lennon Posket version. Mm-hmm. which has been completely taken apart and tuned and everything. And so um, this, the, the Kobe, I probably need to do a little bit of work on the suspension. Uh, the balance point, I think, the, the center of gravity right now for me, it's, it's a little too far forward. Uh, I need to maybe work on the sag, get myself back a little bit. Um, there's uh, uh, the, the, It doesn't seem to have as much ballast, I'd say, as the Rally Replica. It's, mm-hmm. um, but, it's, uh, but, but, but plenty of power for me. Um, and it's, uh, but it, but it, but, but it is, you know, it is a proper rally bike and it's really good. It's, nice. it, it, it just hits stuff. Um, the suspension's great. I, I took it through a, a GP track, jumping it, um, landing on flat, uh, just everything I can throw at it, you know, big G outs, um, some, some, you know, sharp hits, uh, rode it through single track on my single track track, uh, that I, you know, usually ride my 300 XC on. And I mean, while it's really heavy and it doesn't lug really well through that stuff, um, and that's the only complaint. You, you've probably heard this on all the different reviews of the Kobe. It's uh, the, it, it's it's it doesn't really favor lugging at a low end. You, it really needs probably just a little bit bigger sprocket in the rear, um, mm-hmm. so that it puts the power up a little bit a little bit further up in the RPMs when you're in first. Gotcha. Um, I just I just found myself a lot of times either um, feathering the jerkiness out of first gear or feathering power into the second gear. So mm-hmm. a lot of feathering was happening. So I feel like if I just get some of the gearing right, I think it'll be a, it'll be pretty good for the conditions I ride, which is a mix of, um, you know, mountain road plus, uh, shooting off into some, you know, uh, single tracks and, and kind of gnarlier stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not to say, I mean, later on, I mean, I know that the, the pro version has the race ECU in it, but there may be an, an additional map that gets released or something that might be spices it up a little bit. But from what I understand, yeah, I've heard that, you know, yeah, like it gets going up two teeth in the back seems to be the, the, the ticket more or less, but I guess, you know, it depends on the riding you're doing too. You yeah. have kind of a unique area. Yeah. If I was, if I was out West in the desert, I mean, it'd be fantastic. I mean, when I'm, whenever I'm out in the desert, I'm finding myself running, you know, 45 miles an hour to 65, right up in that kind of sweet spot. Mm-hmm. And for, for that, it would be spot on. I mean, cause at around 45 to 50, you can still twist that throttle and get a, you know, apply some, some, uh, uh, power, you know, put some power down and, control the bike with the throttle at that speed um at, at the low speeds it's definitely when you're crawling and trialsing your way through stuff it's just not it's just not made for that at all it's, it's a rally bike so yeah, yeah i know right <laughs> how much how much hard enduro do you really want it i mean we're not not everybody is pull tora taras <laughs> you know yeah. lugging a 700 yeah. t700 around 
So, yeah, I just I just have a bunch of crazy friends here though who who they take their adventure seven nineties and stuff, and they wow. like to, you know, we'll we'll run the the mountain roads and then they'll shoot off we'll shoot off into the woods and 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 do some gnarly stuff and you know so yeah. it, it 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 it's something that I'm trying to not you know let you know sour my experience with the bike because it is a really amazing bike for uh, for the cost, but mm-hmm. um, but you know I mean for 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 any time you're going over you know. 20 miles an hour on that bike. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's super comfortable, really comfortable. And I haven't even done anything to the suspension yet. Yeah. So that's uh, so then the question then becomes, is this, if you know, we've got a, a, a triangle, right? We know the rally factory replica is the unicorn. We can't necessarily get in the U S right. um, or afford for me. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. So where, you know, you have the five Oh one and then you have the Cove. Yep. How close three, is it? In my, in my three, in my 300 XC and the 300 XC. Yeah. But the 501 is the one that's done rally. Yes. Already. So yeah. how far, like the obvious answer is that yes, the Kove is closer to the RFR than the 501 is, but is it a very big difference from the 501 to the Kove? Uh, it's a huge difference. Yeah. Okay. I mean, in, in the, in the weight, um, especially, um, it, it's very, very, uh, noticeably heavier. Um, the, uh, the, it's just, it's hard to describe really that, that jump from the 501 to the, the RFR is, or, or, or just a proper rally bike. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're, you're talking about carrying, you know, 45 to 60 pounds more of fuel. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, and, and on top of that, you, the bike itself weighs a lot more. And I mean, the bike is that, you know, the, the a rally bike is actually designed for just long, brutal days. It's got oil coolers. It's just got a lot more mass in the engine. It, it's just a very different kind of bike. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the, the way it carries the weight a little bit lower yet, it's still narrow enough to sort of feel like an enduro bike. It's, it's really hard to describe how it's, 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 it just, it's like a level again it's like a level of refinement i'd say um uh, by by a certain factor and so if like the the refinement between the kove and the rfr is maybe a factor of maybe just a few points between the 501 and these rally bikes is is like 10 i mean it's 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 very very different in terms of the balance and the and the and the head angles and everything else um and and just kind of how it hits uh, things on the ground, it just, it just feels better. It's just hard to describe, but I mean, on one hand, the weight could be an impediment if you're in something very tight, mm-hmm. but for the most part, when I was in Spain and, and you know, and Lyndon kept on saying it's a heavy bike, but it, it didn't feel heavy to me. Um, and I think that's just, uh, a matter of, of, we never really had to try to muscle it through anything that, that complicated now in the, in the river washes. Yeah, there was, there was, I, I felt its weight a few times and, you know, had to dab and stuff. Um, but, mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's um, it's just a very they're very different, and it's the rally bikes are in a really unique space. I think. What's going on, guys? Victor with the Chasing Waypoints podcast. All right, are you looking to promote your brand to a worldwide audience on the podcast? Drop us a line at podcast at chasingwaypoints.com and let's talk. See what we can do about getting you some more ears for your company and getting the word out worldwide. Yeah, yeah. There, it, it's a it's a purpose built. Um, it's a purpose built dirt bike and, and yeah, like you said, I mean, there, where, where you're at, obviously, yeah, the, the tighter wood sections, the tighter, uh, terrain and that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a little bit more difficult for it, but the Southern California, the, or the, the Western United States, 
um, big open fast roads, uh, the Baja, you know, Baja Peninsula, uh, the Sonora side of it, where you're constantly, you know, three, four, five, you know, not messing around in the lower gears. I think that, you know, yeah, that, that's going to suit, you know, suit better for yeah. it. Yeah. And I, I mean, like, let's take a Sandy whooped out section. Yeah. Like Andy's talking about 15 miles of whoops. That, yeah. that sounds like misery, but, um, you know, again, that's where your fitness has to come into play, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, you, if you're hitting something like that, it's, it's much nicer to have the weight of the bike be driving the, 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 you know, dr- driving the suspension than, than your body. So that's, there's, there's a little bit of forgiveness in that. And I remember, you know, taking a, a motocross clinic, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, he was saying there were little kids in the group. And he was saying, yeah, to the little kids, I mean, they're just on the bike. And mm-hmm. he said, but to you guys, he goes, you guys got to be careful because what you do with your bodies is going to affect what that bike does in the air. Yeah. You know, so uh, so it, it's kind of it's it's kind of the weight of it for me is what, what's really nice is it's 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 at a it's at a weight that's um that's kind of buffering I think my body from a lot of it and again that's the purpose of a rally bike is to uh to 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 allow your body to survive you know you know ten to twelve hours in a in a given day in some pretty gnarly stuff yeah yeah it's not deflecting off of everything it hits right exactly yeah. yeah. And I mean, again, proper suspension setup on any bike is going to, you know, make, I mean, the guys who run Baja on their CRFs, you know, that's, they, they've got their suspension absolutely dialed in perfectly for that. But right. I mean, this bike is going to be amazing. I think once I get a suspension set up on this thing, it's going to be pretty amazing. Um, yeah. And I just, I just can't wait to kind of keep evolving my time on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spending more and more time. How many hours have you put on that thing already? You have an idea? Um, at this point, probably about 10 hours. Oh, okay. Nice. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm due for the first oil change. Um, so far the thing, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a really good bike. It's, it's hard to describe that. I mean, you know, it's, 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 I'm not, I'm not Jimmy Lewis with all these years of experience taking care of, you know, dozens of bikes and, you know, and, um, you know, so it's, it's, I, I don't have that kind of perspective, but, uh, just, just from just my feel and just kind of that gut feel of it, 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 it just feels very solid and competent that's that's and, and that's what a lot of people have said too it's just confidence inspiring yeah that's a i mean that that's the big you know that's the big one confidence it builds the speed i think builds the speed a little bit quicker because right. as you start pushing and you feel well well, well, well that wasn't so bad <laughs> yeah it uh, you know and i and i think about you know again going to like this deep sugar sand you know these 18 mile loops in uh, South Carolina. And I'm like, wow, when, when would I take the rally bike out there? And it's, it's going to be a little while before I do that. But, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it, a smaller bike getting the te- dialing my technique into a smaller bike where you do get the feedback is, is good. Mm-hmm. Having a bigger bike, um, you don't get as much feedback from the bike necessarily. Um, but you also are going to suffer some consequences if you don't have that bike in a good position when you, uh, when you get on the gas in the turn or something. So there, there's a lot to consider, I think, in terms of training with, you know, do I train on the rally bike or do I train on the 501 mm-hmm. or do I train on the 300 even? Um, so it's, it's, I'm kind of working through that right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting, like that would be an interesting regimen of how, how to put it all together. Right. Cause you're, you know, the 300, you're going to end up being, I would think, you know, more woodsy balance, slow trials, you know, really feeling a bike through your feet type terrain versus, you know, yeah, the 501, you're going to be a little bit more aggressive on some bigger roads and some maybe rougher stuff than you would want to ride. Uh, and then the rally bike is just like putting everything together. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think it'll be a while before I take that bike out and try to put it through his paces in the sand. But, uh, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 you know, it's, um, and, you know, and I have to kind of keep asking myself, you know, what's my goal really? Uh, but the rally bike really is such a different kind of beast that it, it and I was told that early on when I was putting my 501 together, mm-hmm. um, you know, a- Angela Vizek, you know, reached out to me and said, you know, you really want an RFR. Lyndon reached out, you really want an RFR. Um, and it, it, it definitely, now that I've got experience on, on, on a proper rally bike, it does make sense to why you'd want to train on one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, the way I'm treating the rally bike is to treat it more like a all day adventure bike. I mean, I, I have some road books that I'm building for Georgia that, you know, um, I, I could expand them and start making them, you know, into like eight hour books. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and just get, you know, I'd have, you know, a thousand, you know, gravel road, mountain, you know, mountain, you know, forest road turns, uh, at the end of one of those books. Um, and, and doing that on the rally bike, I think it makes a lot more sense than the 501. But if I'm just fun riding with some buddies, I think, you know, the 501 is going to be the perfect bike. If I, if I was to go out to back to Sonora with some guys, I'd want my 501 with me and just use it as an enduro bike and just have fun in the sand and, and, and just get used to it, you know, with that bike and not suffer the, the big rally bike out there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Have, you know, not, uh, not as taxing on it exactly yeah yeah, yeah. It, and that's a, and again that's one of those trade-offs again it's like you know do you do you want to be able to have the energy to to have you know a you know, hundred more turns in you or do you you know want to simulate you know riding your actual bike that you would race on and and, and, and to me I'd, i feel like i'd be better off getting you know a hundred more turns in yeah yeah and then it, that <laughs> being you know tapped out from <laughs> from handling a bike and I do not want to lift that thing up in a dune. I, I mean, Sonora, I, I was picking my bike up probably 20 times in that first day, that, that, that the, the day four is the 2022 20, Sonora. And I, I, you know, had not had any experience in dunes, especially that big. And, uh, and, and I was picking that bike up all day long. I think one of the funniest things is Will Navadon. He uh, was filming and I'm, and I'm coming, you know, coming over a crest of a hill. We just kind of entered the dune area. Mm-hmm. And I see Willem standing there filming, and I'm like, "What's going on?" And I look at the notes, and it says pit, and I'm like, "What pit?" And all of a sudden, um, I think it was uh, one of the other racers. Uh, you know, I-, I watched him start to go over sort of the horizon, I guess, and all of a sudden he just drops his bike. I'm like, "Huh? Wow, I'm going to get ahead of him." I felt like I was, you know, I was being racy, you know. And all of a yeah. sudden, I start to crest the same thing, and I just dump it <laughs> right there because <laughs> it was the first time I'd ever, you know, been you know, came over and seen, you know, 150 foot, you know, straight downhill, you know, pit. It absolutely, you know, messed with my head. So yeah. that, um, you know, and, and Willem got it all on film, yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but it not, was, it was definitely what, not, not the pit we were all thinking. <laughs> right. I mean, it was, it was, it was crazy. It was, um, yeah, it, it, you know, getting used to the, the, the big dunes, some of the, the, it, it's just, you know, you, you, get to the top you come across the other side and you just can't help just mentally having it just terrify you to death so i mean that's 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 the area that i definitely want to learn you know and practice a lot more is just getting used to the dunes and, 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 and get over my fear of heights <laughs> yeah well i mean and and that is uh those dunes are only there's only a handful of places in the world that are like that so it's kind of a a special place too 
Oh yeah, yeah. I'd love to go back to Sonora. I mean, but but even 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 if I could just go to you know Glamis or some of these other even Big Dune or something, that'd be that'd be good for me. Um, but you know, that's that's the that's the challenge of living in Georgia. I mean, because any trip like that's going to be three days in the car. Um, you yeah. know, if I cannonball it. So <laughs> yeah, that's a <laughs> yeah a little bit of an endurance event just to get out. Yep. But no, that's good. But so what? Uh, so what is next? I mean, obviously, you, you you know, you've been training your ass off, you know, physically. Uh, what What are the next big rides? Are you doing any rally schools? Anything? Uh... Yeah, no, I really wanted to have gone out to the Sonora Rally School, but after Spain, it would just budget wise. It, it, I mean, Spain. Exa- I mean that 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 killed my entire year's budget for for rally. If I was gonna do anything, I would probably have to do Malimoto in something maybe next fall. Um, so not sure what that would be. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe it's Kota, maybe it's, um, you know, Baja six day. Uh, uh, my friend Dirk, who I'm, who, who lives here, one of the three rally racers from this part of town, this part of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we, we were talking maybe about Baja six day, okay. um, which I think would be a lot of fun. And, and I, and I, and I kind of think that, that I could, probably just maintain the bike myself i don't think i need a, a support crew and that that, that expense and, and and if i can do anything to drop the experience then it might lead me to take you know maybe maybe take a little more risk maybe ride a little faster sometimes and stuff so mm-hmm. so i think that'd be kind of fun i mean it's just i love rally so it, it's 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 just a matter of it's just a very expensive uh you know each event is very expensive and, and especially when you're from georgia yeah. just the, the 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 amount of time i have to take off from work to get out and do these things is 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 prohibitive Mm-hmm. yeah exactly the, the the travel time and yeah that's that's i guess the one thing they didn't tell us about adulthood right yeah <laughs> just, that's the other balance you got we all got to work on well and, and when i originally came when i when i originally came up with the whole couch to dakar idea with the five pillars you know one being the financial aspect of it um you know that i didn't realize how big of a deal that was going to be um you know i just thought that i would somehow happen to some you know like i at the time i was kind of in a weird space headspace to start (laughs) so i i i kind of was maybe a little more you know fatalistic and thought well i'll just exhaust some of my ira or something to do back R. but um you know now that i've actually started you know you know kind of going down that path towards it all of a sudden i'm like oh you know it's like i've got i'm having a good time and and you know i've got you know my personal life has changed a whole lot you know and, and 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 so it's uh you know, a little more balance, I think, you know, from a, from a lifestyle standpoint is, the is, is kind of where I'm at now. And so for me, I just want to have more fun and, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and, and, but, but, but trying to figure out a way to maybe side hustle some extra money somehow, you know, maybe, uh, you know, take, you know, take on some, some software engineering projects or something, you know, and, and it, it would be nice to get out from the nine to five, but, uh, yeah. I don't see that happening anytime soon. So I'm yeah. just going to kind of work within it. Uh, I think I think we need to leverage AI to give us some winning lotto numbers. <laughs> you know, no kidding. I, I don't I don't need the jackpot. I just need consistent <laughs> <laughs> consistent wins. You know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, but, but it's all good. I, I I you know at one point I really wanted to move out west, but you know again personal life starts to you know happen and you know you you change your priorities kind of as you go. I mean, I, 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 you know, it's, it's, I, I think there was a number of people and, and who with my whole, I, I, well, I'll be honest. I mean, there's a number of people I think who have kind of led with, Oh, I'm going to go to Dakar at some point. And, um, 
and I and I think we all have sort of seen the magnitude of it, you know, of what it of how hard it really would be to get to that point. Um, but yeah, you know, I it's it's one of these things where you know the 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 level of tra- I mean, there was a guy just as an example, there was a guy with Lin- at, at Linden's training who he's only done he's done Linden's school like three times, mm-hmm. um, and he. he he, I guess he had been riding, you know, road, 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 road bikes. And then he switched over to dirt a couple years ago and he got so into it that he literally bought a rally replica. He goes to a motocross track literally weekly with a coach mm-hmm. works out like a maniac. He's probably 7% body fat, just a total beast. He's former, former military guy. Yeah. And, and he was incredibly fast. I mean, he's, you know, he's on track. To you know, he, if he was to race, you know, again, performance criteria for Dakar probably high level, B level racer, and he's absolutely at that level. Um, you know, that's 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 a that's that's kind of a I, I don't want to say couch to Dakar, but I mean, you know, I think he might, might have had the fitness dialed in first, but you know, it's one of those things, you know, where, um, you know, to to, to get there, you really have to have. Uh, a level of, of skill or a level of fitness that's, you know, I mean, Kyle McCoy, great example of someone who came into this sport riding probably a little bit later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but had the, had absolutely the fitness background and, and not just, but also the mental toughness aspect as well. So, you know, you've got to be exceptional in at least one or two of those categories. Yeah. Yeah. To be able to have it, I, you know, I, and, and to me, I, I feel like putting the, the mental endurance is the, I, I don't know. At least personally, that's the one I put because if the body, even if the body's telling you, you know, I've had enough, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know, but it's, I mean, you know, again, from 6,000 miles away. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I mean, the, at, at Linden school, I, you know, I, I like, you know, Sonora, you were there, you saw that I went ahead and I pushed my way through every waypoint and, and I, and I finished each day really late, um, and suffered through it. And, you know, I just wanted to finish and hit every waypoint so I could at least measure my time against others and sort of see where I was. Um, you know, and really Mo Hart was the one I was measuring myself against because, you know, I knew he was going to Dakar and I was like, okay, thankfully he finished and I was able to sort of see how he finished. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, and I, and I'm kind of like, okay, wow, I need to get my speed up by you know, 35, 40%. Um, and then, uh, but you know, with Lyndon, I, you know, I, I cut, you know, one of the days short and then another day I actually cut short. Um, and I mean, it was, I was so exhausted. Probably it was, I think the Thursday, um, the, the fourth day, I just felt horrible. I hadn't slept that the night before. Um, and my brain literally is broken. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't decipher the road book to save my life. Um, and I got to the first, um, stop support stop. And I, and I told them, you know, he, they were like telling me to hurry up because I was so far behind and, I just said to them, I said, dude, I think I'm just going to go home. And they're like, no, don't go home. Just keep, you know, note after note after note. And yeah. so I was happy that they kind of pushed me to do that. But that was also the day another rider uh, ended up in the hospital. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, still, I was out there for seven hours in, into the stage. Um, and I found myself in the small village and I just started making stupid turns trying to get through the village. And I just finally stopped, called them up and I said, hey, man, I'm just going to put in the coordinates of the you know, of our villa and I'm going to head back. And they were like, yeah, go ahead. You know, that's, that's fine. And it was still a seven and a half, eight hour day. 
Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I just felt it was the right thing to do. And the next day I got out there and I was able to ride really hard and, and, and did really well. So it, it was the right thing at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I could see it. You get, you kind of get to a point where you're like, okay, well, first of all, there's, you know, again, no, no contracts are being signed at the end of this. So, you know, it's, it's about having the, I I think the alternative is you push and then the next morning you wake up and you just don't even want to get on the bike period. (laughs) You know, there there was a morning I didn't want to ever be in a rally again. I, 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 I I really, that more, I just, there, there's a level of suffering that, you know, you, you, and, and, and it's good. And that's, and it's good that Linden school does do that. Like it, it will push everybody that level, you know, and and if, if the, if the first five days don't get, or four days don't get you the, the six mega stage will. So, um, it, it is one of those things. And I mean, those, those guys who are fast, I mean, they came in 14 hours later and they were broken. I mean, they were absolutely cooked. So, you know, and, and that's that's uh, it's good that he has such a such a tough school because it actually you 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 learn more than just navigation. You kind of learn about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you're learning on all fronts, exactly. <laughs> writing ability, what you're capable of, you know, and, yeah. and then obviously the, the learning how to read a road book more efficiently and that that's an interesting one you mentioned earlier about you know it's like such a high note count that it is important to read ahead and try and get you know get a bit of an edge you know yeah and and it's it's funny too because i talked to Lyndon about this and he was saying well he goes i don't read ahead and i goes i read note by note and i'll calibrate if it's not a turn i'll just go ahead and calibrate because i'll see the, the 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 double caution or whatever um, you know, for me, I mean, I, I'm probably a little different that I'll go ahead and read ahead just to, um, to see where my next instruction is. And then I'll maybe go back and I'll calibrate against, you know, some of the, some of the, some of the cautions just to make sure that my, my instruments are on so that I don't accidentally, you know, miss that turn five kilometers later. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's, 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 there's just something I just want to go ahead and ride. I just want to, you know get up on the saddle, you know, get out of the saddle and just like start cranking it and try to get through those five K as fast as I can and, and just, you know, deal with the cautions as I get there. But I'm not riding at such a high level that the cautions really matter. And, and I've talked to a lot of guys who say that they only pay attention to like the triple cautions and, um, you know, so I, I don't know what's right or wrong. Um, I do know that at Sonora, there was one point where I read ahead and, and, and I looked over, I could see the, uh, power lines and i was like you know if i just kind of cut across there man i'm gonna be on the highway i'm gonna hit that hit that (laughs) this other waypoint and and i was able to you know kind of get a little bit of a you know just just a able to kind of cut a corner just let's say (laughs) but um apparently if that was fim that would that would probably disqualify me but (laughs) you know it so. may be a little questionable, but I mean that you know that was what for for years a lot of the guys in the Dakar were doing. You know, they were they had guys. You know, what was it? It was a few years back where they got uh, a few guys got popped doing that, where they were getting notes added in or adding in notes on how to basically short the road book. <laughs> you know, and so it's it's I guess if you can recognize it on the fly, I guess it's fair play to a certain extent because it's yeah. from waypoint to waypoint as long as you don't miss anything. But yeah. But man, yeah, you're, you're playing with fire on getting lost, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I in, in in Spain, I totally did that, and I ended up shorting, um, you know, this one section. And and uh, and and um, Fred Reek, who works with Lennon, and he's the one who designs the road books. He said, "Okay, I'm putting in a, a, a I'm putting a, a WPC into uh, this one point because he goes, you know, you completely, you still got back on track." 
you were fine, but you completely missed the, you didn't, you didn't do it right. So. Yeah. Well, I didn't do it right according to what you wanted me to do, but exactly. I don't see any missed waypoints. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> exactly. exactly. But that's, that's good. You know, that is uh, considering, you know, you're, you're reading the road book, you're doing all that stuff and being able to put that thing together. And I, I think a lot of people may, you know, playing the home game may not realize that that's not as easy. I mean, it's reading the terrain, comparing to the notebook and then deciding, okay, well, this looks like it's a, if I just stay this route or this course, the, the race course will go out and back and it'll yeah. meet me. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and it, it, it's really satisfying when you do find yourself uh, making some kind of a mistake and then all of a sudden you look and then you look at a note and you're like, oh, ooh, wow, I, I just found this randomly. I've skipped over a couple notes, but I'm actually where I'm supposed to be now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but then there's also, you know, for, for every one of those, there's probably, you know, three or four where you're like, this, this doesn't match up. Where am I? You know? And so you find yourself lost, but, but what really made that roadbook hard in Spain was the fact that you'd go into these small villages, uh, you'd be under speed control and you'd have, you know, just, just six or seven notes within a couple kilometers, you know, kind of zigzagging your way through. I mean, oh my gosh, he, he, they, they actually put a, um, a WPC, mm-hmm. um, I mean, so imagine a village that's nestled up into basically a cliff mm-hmm. and imagine, you know, you have like terraces kind of going up, but then you have driveways that are at, you know, you know, 50 degree angles um, that you're having to kind of go up. Even those concrete is still scary, you know, kind of going up these things and it starts getting narrower and narrower. And then all of a sudden you just see sort of a, 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 a sidewalk pathway in front of people's homes, you know, that empty into this little, you know passageway and i'm like there's no way that there's a waypoint in there and i sure enough i pull up into this thing and i'm at a like a like i said a 45 degree angle on a sidewalk mm-hmm. and it's like nine o'clock in the morning <laughs> you know and i'm like this can't be right i absolutely must be lost and i was like the only person who actually picked up that wpc because it was literally right there in front of someone's front door of their of their home and um but you know instead of trying to go all the way up through the sidewalk, I backed up and kind of found myself out on the road and, and I ended up on this road and I found myself at the stop sign that was in the book. And again, I was able to, you know, have that moment where I'm like, Oh, cool. I found my way to where I'm supposed to be. And I was really able to readjust, but, uh, but you know, it, it's, there, there was some really cool stuff in some of those books and, and really, really fun. And, and kind of in, in that, that case, that was kind of silly, but it was, it was pretty awesome at the same time. Nice. Yeah. I, my guess is, is that Lyndon probably knows who lives there because <laughs> I don't know how most people would feel. I don't care what part of the world is somebody riding up on a bike <laughs> exactly to almost your front door. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely, there, there's some, there were some villages that, um, you know, apparently had, they, 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 they got permission from, from, you know, they, they did their, they did the work. And I mean, I got to say that, that if, if you look at the expense of, of one of his programs, but then you actually, look at what it actually takes to put it together and do it in a really safe way where you have, you know, they literally have a full-time medical, you know, and with, with HT rally rate there, they had two, two cars with two medics. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, all the work that they put in for those books and, and all the political stuff they have to do to get the parks to grant access, to get the villages to be okay with you riding, you know, through, you know, semi-private roads and through people's farms and stuff. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work that they do. I mean, it's, I, I, 
it, 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 it really became clear that it was really kind of a, a very special opportunity. Yeah. I mean, a huge undertaking, obviously. Yeah. You know, to, yeah. To get it. And then that's not the only one he does. He does a few of those a year, right? Yeah, he does. He does Portugal and then he, it starts, I guess, in Spain, but ends up in Portugal and it moves, the bivouac moves every day. The nice thing about Spain is it stayed in one villa the entire time uh, right. that we worked out of. And we just had different liaisons each day to different starting points. Um, the, the, the Portugal one actually moves bivouacs every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's, if it's, if it's any, if it's even equal to the intensity of Spain, just that added element of work may, would make the Portugal one just, you know, that much harder. Um, mm-hmm. and then he's got Morocco and, you know, that was initially what I'd signed up for. Um, two years ago when he announced this whole thing, he mentioned Morocco. And I'm like, I want to ride in Morocco. And so I said, I sent him a note. I sent him a deposit and I said, Lennon, here's the deposit give me a year to get better on the bike while COVID hits and everything. Well, in the meantime, they started with their time working through the Morocco routes. They were like, you know what, this is too dangerous for um, people who are not riding at a, at a very high level to come out and try to do this. Cause we have to go to different bivouacs every day. Everybody has to finish every stage. So, mm-hmm. uh, and we don't have, you know, hospitals near us and to get people out of there is going to be really, you know, a challenge. So, so he is, they've, they've adjusted it a little bit to say, if you're going to do Morocco, you probably need to, you know, you, you need to really either have like a Dakar resume or you need to, um, uh, you know, race a, a big race resume, or you need to uh, have done one of his classes before and he has to establish that trust. Yeah. Just from what I know from that Spain, I, I would not, sign up for the Morocco one myself right now. I mean, mm-hmm. it, I wouldn't even talk to him about it. I, I, I need to be riding at a much higher level at this point to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a little more, uh, the practice and the, con- I mean, I, I, I think the biggest thing is that is being able to clear every single stage with, you know, with, with confidence I think that's the big, you know, when it, when it comes to something like that and I mean, yeah, cause people write a little differently when it's remote and they'll understand that, you know, but mm-hmm. yeah, I could, yeah, and, and yeah I would be I, hesitant. I think, I think, yeah. And I think I have, I had, I think I have the stamina in the, in the kind of mental part of it to be able to just go, you know, to, to, to make it to the bivouac every day. I mean, Sonora kind of proved that to me that I, I, I was like, wow, I'm tougher than I thought I was, mm-hmm. but it, 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 you know, going you know, the, the whole be rested thing. I mean, it, it would just, it would be tough. I mean, to, especially if the road books are frenetic still, I don't know if they will be a little bit looser in Morocco, but um, I mean, that would be, that'd be throwing, throwing, throwing me into the fire to, to do something like that. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, 14 hour day would be tough, but I feel like I can do it, but it just, you know, I, I liked the fact that I was able to, take some take a break you know, in spain and just like bail out one one of those days that was really nice yeah yeah i can i can definitely imagine that one a little bit of a, a little bit of relief <laughs> yeah nice well cool. good so we got a little bit uh got a little bit to go before the next uh but the next rally but you got three bikes to to ride and practice on and put the hours on yeah got a lot of practice uh, i need to you know i need to start you know i need to I wish I had a second home out, you know, in some of these sandier areas. It'd be nice, but uh, I'm going to just try to make, you know, try to keep make 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 time for regular trips out there. That would be you know, the way to do it, I think. You know, maybe one weekend every month or something, get out to either South Carolina or down to Florida, Apalachicola. Has some really good stuff down there as well. Um, so, 
it's uh you know sand is going to be my my sand is my new uh my, my new teacher and that's where i need to kind of keep my focus i think yeah yeah i could uh i you know i i can't even fathom riding a dirt bike in sand dunes so <laughs> so i'm with you on that one sand you washes right i'm okay you you you've got them oh okay <laughs> yeah sand washes i'm okay with it's just the the sugar sand dunes it's just like yeah you know <laughs> I'll watch from over here. <laughs> there you go. I'll watch from the satellite. <laughs> watch you guys running around in the sandbox. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Well, excellent, man. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. And, and I've, I was excited to hear, you know, when I saw you were going to do the Lyndon Poskett, uh, the Spain uh, version, I was like, all right, this is going to be cool. I want to know about it because it's, he's, he's been moving, you know, working on it for a while. So it's cool to, oh, it sounds like yeah. it was an awesome time. He's got it. He's got it dialed in. And the thing that you have to when you realize that everything went so smoothly, you realize that that's a byproduct of, of a lot of work. You know, yeah. it, 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 it's, you know, there's there's uh, it's tough to, to have something be so organized and, and just everything taken care of for you in such a such a such a good way. It, I mean, it was I mean, they had you know, we had mechanics every night. I mean, we had. And it was just, uh, you know, there was three mechanics. There was, it was fantastic. I mean, it was really a great experience. And, and nice. uh, you know, I recommend it to anybody who, uh, you know, wants to, you know, if, if you're already a fairly experienced rider, if you go there, you're going to be navigating like a, like a beast. I mean, yeah. if you're, you know, if you're someone like me and, you know, riding at kind of a, you know, higher level novice kind of, you know, <laughs> But, or as they say, you know, kind of mid-pack C level rider. Uh, but you know, yeah. rallying it's it, it's 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 doable and it's still a lot of fun. And, and they don't put a lot of pressure on you to have to finish every day. But um, you know, it's still from from you're, you're going to get your money's worth the better better rider you are for sure. Yeah, yeah, enjoy it just that much more. Yeah, nice. Well, excellent. awesome. Well, one of these days. Awesome, sir. Well, hopefully we'll get to see you and the girlfriend out here. Uh, for one of the uh, one of the schools, or sometime this year, or even if it's just for vacationing, San Diego's a great I'd place. Love to, yeah, I would <laughs> love to get out there for sure. I, I'm I'm trying to figure out a way to get a bike out there and and be able to make it easier to just come in, you know, fly in or something. You know, maybe get her bike out there too, so she could experience a little bit of the more West Coast stuff. Yeah, but that'd be fun. that'd be fun. I'd love to see you guys. Yeah, yeah, it'd be awesome. Even uh, even a quick trip to uh, to Baja on some oh, bikes. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> the the food's good. <laughs> oh. So, all righty awesome sir well enjoy the rest of the weekend you guys have fun out there and uh and we'll be keeping track of you all right man thanks awesome, great talking sir. to you yeah same here yeah. thank you huh? bye 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 all right so there you have it david black couch to dakar awesome talking to him i like i said i mean it, when i saw that he was going to be doing the uh linden posket experience that that rally thing that he does out there i was you know excited to see that and i think that a lot of people should try that. I think it sounds like you got to get to a certain level of riding. You know, maybe we'll reach out to Lyndon and, and talk a little bit more about that. Um, I think that, you know, having to navigate, get to see the world on a different stage. I think that's a very, very important thing. And then, hell, get to ride some uh, Rally Factory replica bikes and, uh, you know, and, and, and get taken care of and see the sights and all that. I think that's a really big deal. So we'll see. You know, what what does the future hold? You know, we got a lot of stuff going on here on on the podcast coming up, but also things that are going out in the world of rally. And like I said, we're getting ready to start rally season here in North America again. 
with it being over with Baja rally being the last event, but then you've got coast to coast rally coming up in February, uh, and then battleborn rally in may, uh, sprinkle in some rally schools between now and then. And, uh, yeah, we're ready. We, we got a season going. So anyway, guys, I am going to get to it. I got a garage to clean and get some stuff moved around. So remember it'll make sense when you get there. Enjoy the ride. All right, that is a wrap for the Chasing Waypoints podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Looking forward to our next one coming up. Remember, if you are out riding, do not forget to tag us at Chasing Waypoints. Hashtag Chasing Waypoints. And if you haven't already, get on over to the website. Get signed up for the newsletter, The Bivouac. North America's Rally Raid and Adventure Riding newsletter hey let's have some fun let's find out what are you guys up to let's get you featured if you're a brand and looking to get supported get some eyeballs get some ears on your business absolutely hit us up send us a message at podcast at chasing waypoints but anyway that is a wrap remember shiny side up see you guys